we're not going to get divorced tonight. For sure not tonight, because the... The lawyers are asleep. <laughs> what do you do when you're sad? Um, start crying. And what, do you, what, what makes you feel better when you're sad? Drinking and eating. What do you... You drink and eat to make you feel better? Yep. What happens if you're really sad at school? What do you do to help make you feel better? Highness cream or a band-aid on. What do you do when one of your best friends is sad? Say, are you okay? And do you, what's something you do to make someone feel better when, they're, when you see they're sad? Take them over to the porch. Oh, is the porch a place where things are happier? Yeah. Okay. So I don't know if this quite went the way I wanted it to. Uh, I brought my wife up to the attic to talk about what it's like to be married to somebody who has bouts of depression, anxiety, insecurity. It seemed like it was sure to be a hilarious romp. This is the first relationship I've been in that's lasted more than two years, partly because I just didn't think I had the constitution to be in a relationship. And here I am, maybe 10 years in, and I wanted to get a feeling for my wife about what it feels like being, she's a very different type of person and isn't so full of anxiety. Maybe it's just too big a topic to try to like boil down in 30 minutes. Just like I couldn't get my kid to answer the question exactly about sadness that I had in mind. I don't think I knew quite how to ask or have a conversation with my wife about this subject, even though it's weighed on me all my life. So, here is that failed discussion. I still think there's some cool moments in here for sure, so you tell me. Oh shit, I forgot to mention, this podcast's name has changed again. I think this one will stick. It's now called Neurotic Tornado. I think that covers a key facet of it, and it's kind of silly. But I think it's better than the failed podcast or the creative turn because of what my wife and I have been discussing lately. The actual feed is the same, so you don't have to do anything for this change to take place. But if you're going to search for it in iTunes or with a podcast app, look for Neurotic Tornado at this point. And if you want to know more about podcast apps, by the way, check out my video tutorial at podhelp.info. Okay, enough logistical bullshit. Let's get on with the show. So, you know, I had a, a really tiring day. And the one thing I was really excited about is that we get to the end of the day and talk about how depressed I've been. Yes. Yeah. And the, having the bourbon helps. That seems so like you. The bourbon or being excited to talk about depression? More the being excited to talk about depression. Like that that's what pulls you through your day. It's yeah. like, hooray, tonight I'm going to talk about my depression. I just got to make it to the depression, the depression yes. part of the night, and then I'll be happy. For the one or two people who are just coming to this uh, without knowing anything, they might not know that I do have a history of depression and a history of liking to talk about my depression. Yeah. But I wonder, you know, for me, it's... And anxiety. Don't forget about the anxiety. Well, that, that was the part I wanted to clarify, that it's like a depression mixed with, like, an extreme insecurity 
about myself mixed with an anxiety. It's my own cocktail. A special cocktail that's that is unique to my own fucked upness and <laughs> it may not map well to other fucked upness around the world. How did you do you remember like seeing this depression especially in the early days of our relationship maybe 10 years ago? Roughly 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I don't know that I would have you know, I don't know that my name for it was depression at that point, but this kind of I was pathetic. <laughs> no. No. I mean, you know, I think what s- stood out is you know, you you were very susceptible to your own emotion and so things would be going along fine on a given day and then you you'd get all of a sudden get low. Like I would turn and be like, Oh, whoa <laughs> Like what happened? What happened? We were just watching a show. What happened? And And it'd be funny, you you could do like the smallest thing and it would set me into this spiral. Like I can't even remember what what kind of thing you would say, but it would Make me feel insecure, hurt my feelings, yeah. and I was gone. And yeah. maybe for the night, like, we would have a miserable night because I couldn't take a single joke. I couldn't... It's like I felt like I needed you in a certain kind of way and needed a certain kind of attention that you could never provide. Yeah. If only you were better at that. <laughs> I, w- I was going to say, I remember having this discussion where you were like, I can't help but think that if you just did things a little bit differently, that... This wouldn't happen. And I was like, well, for instance, you know what? And you're like, well, I don't know. I was like, yeah, that's that's not something you can do. You can't say, I need you to do something different, but I don't know what it is. Or, Well, I did do that. <laughs> no. And it was, it was, it was vetoed. Very unfair was, on your, I was, mean, unfair to you. It was not allowed. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was tricky because I couldn't quite express it. And it was like... Realize, I finally realized that I've been doing this for much of my life, which was feeling like I needed to be taken care of in a very... I mean, I went to a very childlike state. And it was like, you needed to care for me in this special way that I could never express and you could never succeed at. But I felt like we were just like a, so close to getting there. <laughs> uh, and that if you really loved me, it would click. And I spent a lot of, at least the first years, year, years, kind of thinking it was kind of your fault. <laughs> yeah? That I was so miserable. You know, I would I would say it's, I would blame myself outwardly. Uh-huh. But I think I secretly thought, ah, if you just loved me a little more, this would all be okay. Uh-huh. And so, just to characterize some of the qualities of it, I mean, one, I had returned to my, an earlier state of existence where I was cutting myself a little, right? Yeah. I went back to it. You know what? I just realized I was cleaning out my drawers. Is that called a bureau where I stick my clothes? It's called a bureau, yeah. And in the bottom drawer, I still have a knife, like (gasps) my emergency knife. It's wild to see it because it was so comforting to have that knife. Like, I didn't go through with it much. And and my cuts are very minor. You know, they're not like a... I wasn't like a serious cutter. But I loved having that knife. Like, oh, if anything's too bad, yeah, I can turn to it. So, so it was pretty serious in that way. I was on and off seeing various therapists. But I, I don't know how, how much growth I made. I mean, did you see much growth in those first few years? Uh, you had a child. We were living in separate houses at the time. 
and we were dating, and I was only, you know, you know, I was partly in my little single, bachelorish looking world, and I'd come into your world a little, but I feel like I was pretty messed up emotionally during those years. It's nice to know that when you think about about the early days of our relationship together, this is what you think of. Well, on the other hand, I also have some amazing memories okay. of how great it was All living right. alone. Okay. All right. Oh, wait, <laughs> so. that's not where that was supposed to go. That is not how that <laughs> sentence was supposed to end. No, no. But uh, no, no. We, no, I no. Mean, we had some fabulous moments. Yeah. I also kind of, we pursued our own kind of independent lives pretty yeah. successfully. But there was this kind of cloud of my mood. Yeah. Um, for sure that that is true. So I think for me, some of that, you know, you have some amazing qualities as a person. Would you list all three of them right <laughs> now? Uh, lambent intelligence. Uh, what kind of intelligence? Uh, uh, shining, basically. But what was the word you used for the smarter people? Lambent. Wow. Nice yeah, work. I think that's the word now that we're saying it over again. A remarkable sense of humor and a general foxiness. When you say remarkable, do you mean just that it, it was easy to make fun of me? No. Okay. And so, you know, and I, I because we met in a writing group and I uh, heard you read your writing for a couple of years, there's a lot of things I felt like I knew about you, even if you weren't writing about yourself. The fact that, you know, all of your characters were super anxious and neurotic kind of led me to believe. Like, I just knew enough about you to know that... You know, you made enough self-deprecating jokes about yourself in our class that I knew that those emotional issues were there for you. And yet I also could see how much, you know, I was impressed by your writing. I could see how much the people in our group valued you and thought you pretty much kicked ass. Whoa. And, uh... This isn't the... You're not supposed to make me feel All right, come on in, everybody. Come on in. (laughs) So the fact that you also had these real emotional dips. It wasn't like it was a huge surprise to me. It wasn't something I was excited about. Was it because all my characters that I wrote about were named UV and had emotional <laughs> and depression-related issues? I think that was part of it. Yeah. And so I think also for me, though, I, I have this um, sense of like what's okay and what isn't okay. If I was doing something that I felt like... I'm allowed to do, like go visit my parents with my son, and you were having a real hard time struggling with it. It didn't bother me too much because I was like, I'm I'm doing something that's completely above board. I'm absolutely allowed to do this. I was hurt as if you were cheating on me when you were doing something as benign as I'm going to visit my parents with my child. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. It felt, I mean, it felt like you, over and over again, it felt like, you were be- like these were betrayals yeah emotionally yeah even though rationally i knew it was absurd so i think that that's part of what made it tolerable for me even though you currently are telling me something i don't think you said a lot back then which is that you secretly felt like it was my fault and i could do something to improve it what i was feeling all the time is like well this has nothing to do with me like all this yeah. emotion that you're having Turns out it was all your fault. No. 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 Well, it was because kind of like intellectually, I knew what I felt was absurd. So, you know, I couldn't admit it outwardly. I did feel in some way emotionally like it was your fault. Like if you were just a little more sensitive and thoughtful about it, you could 
it would all be the problems would all be gone. Is this the part you've been looking forward to all day at work? Yeah, the blaming. <laughs> no, no. Well, partly. I mean, this is another thing where I'm able to admit now some of the emotions I felt that I wasn't willing to talk about, and the reason why it's so easy for me to admit it is because I feel like I'm in such a different space now yeah. about it. Yeah, I think about this trip that I took. It was in the early days of our relationship, and I took a trip with my best friend to South Dakota. Oh, that was one of the greatest betrayals. To pick up some just valuable, valuable heirlooms, like my grandfather's pitchfork and stuff like that, yeah. that were, had been left on the ranch. And some I very Goyish heirlooms. Yes, they are not. They are not Jewish. But what I remember about that is I know that it was tremendously difficult for you emotionally yeah. when I went on that trip. That messed me up. And we agreed that it, I, I was okay to do it. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, I got the all clear that there was nothing infractious about my my doing it. Yeah. But, um, but I knew it fucked you up and I, I was kind of like... It only was like after our phone calls at night, every now and then. It, I was only weeping for like an hour, hour and a half before I moved on to drinking. That's not true, though. You don't cry. I did. With tears? Yeah. Actual tears? Yeah, well, back then. So, that, I mean, that's a hard thing to hold. Uh, or yeah. those are two odd things to have side by side that you're going through something really huge for you. And yet, from my point of view, nothing scary is happening. There's yeah. no, nothing bad is going on. I, yeah. I love you. I'm just going on this little trip okay but now i don't feel that way you know i feel like probably very similar to you do about the absurdity of the experience but also do you feel like the fact that you come from divorce were your bound i'm wondering if your boundaries were also up a little high like that when i when you saw my neediness you shut down maybe extra much oh probably because i feel like That's one thing that shifted. Probably the main shift was my difference in perception. But I also feel like you became less guarded. So, like, you got a little less guarded, and you were able to handle me in the state without disappearing emotionally. I felt like we both got closer, even though I kind of went through the most change. Yeah. And you getting a social work degree and all that probably taught you, whether it's overt or not, like better ways of dealing with people going through certain things like what I was going through. Somehow I felt like you got more sensitive and I kind of realized sort of the the insane state I was in or the the burden I was putting on you to like prop me up when I was down. Yeah, that's interesting because I remember at one point after we'd had some and by this time we were living together and married, I would think you know, some terrible late night began as a maybe slight relationship conversation that just, you know, it turned out that you were having a really, you were struggling with something and having a really big emotion. Like, and after that happened, I would, you know, I just go to, I just am completely shaky and like, I'm not good. You know, I, I do what I think of as flatlining. Like when, the, when there's too much emotion, I just, I get, I get the, I think the psychology term for it is I get flooded and I stonewall, like I back off. That's all the psychology stuff for it. Yeah, I believe it's called you pull a stonewall, Jackson. Yeah. At one point I remember having the thought like, 
I don't think you're thinking of me at all. For better or for worse, you don't come in being like, yeah, this is really going to mess her up when I throw this one at her. You're just so caught up in the throes of your own emotion. But also having a little surprise like, do you have any recognition of what that's like to be on the receiving end of? Well, after it all goes to hell, I realize it. And then it just adds to the regret of everything I've done. It's like, not only am I feeling this stuff, but I've destroyed something like, or I've done something cruel to you. Yeah. So, but at first, no, because I'm so consumed. So you're right. Like, it's like, I'm not thinking about your feelings because I'm so overwhelmingly hurt. Like, I've got no room for you or anybody else in that state, you know? So it, it is like that. I mean, it is that bad, but it comes around later when I realize, you know, it's like I'm picking up the rubble and I realize, you know, it was wild also. It's like always like when we get closer, we'd be most at risk also. Like, like before, like maybe having sex one night, all of a sudden, like I would just go bonkers. Wasn't it like, Moments of us getting really close, we were most at risk for me getting hurt rather than just kind of yeah. going through the chores of a day. I don't yeah. know what that means. Yeah, no, I think that's true. And then after, like, and then you'd pull out of it a little bit after you'd confess. Like, can we have sex now? On. Yeah, and I'd be like a million miles away. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. You were, you'd be gone. Yeah. Shaking. yeah. That was hard, and it was so hard for me to, like, I wanted to, like, somehow bring you back, and it was too late. Yeah. And so, I mean, I don't even know. Like, it, I guess I guess it it was depression, but it was also just a extreme insecurity, which I don't even know how how that gets categorized. And like I, a, just a neediness. One piece that comes in seems like that there's often some catastrophizing that goes on in there. That well, of course, when it is a catastrophe, right. you yeah, want to catastrophize. Uh, yeah, when no. I mean when it's but it's not like the stakes are low when you're when you're like this. You're not. It doesn't feel minor, and but you're also not living in the present. When you get really upset about some stuff, it's like all played out into the future. Like, if I'm that. feeling like this in this moment, how are things ever going to be better? And it's just going to end up being like this, and it's going to get like this forever, and nothing is ever going to improve. And I didn't have the wherewithal at that time to be like, okay, but let's come back to this moment. Like, instead of future tripping out into the world, let's just... Hmm. And so that that piece, that's where I think that... That's where the anxiety part comes in, that it's rightly or wrongly, that's kind of how I identify anxiety is like, you're worrying about the future. Yeah, I, I want to argue with you about that. <laughs> right, it's like the what if. Like, so, you know, I get anxious about speaking in front of people and, um, and like, giving presentations. That's, when I was in school, that was one of the few things that can keep me up at night filled with anxiety. But part of it is, you know, that I'm going to... What, what what could happen? I'm going to mess up, or I'm not going to remember my information, or my slides aren't going to work, or the PowerPoint thing won't connect at school. Or, But it's all about the future. It's all about, like, possibilities of what could happen. It's not about the present and what what's happening at that moment, like that I'm laying in bed all prepared for my presentation. So what... what so who cares? I mean, like... Oh, thank why, you. No, thank no, you. no. But, uh, I mean, like, what is... What is that... What is that mean like so it is about the future but what's wrong with that i mean people worry about the future all the time i don't understand why you're saying that does that mean it's invalid to worry because about a future event 
Well, worrying, anxiety can be useful. And if Juniper were here, she would say that research has shown that anxious people are more successful. Not that they're happier, but then they die successful because they're anxious and get stuff accomplished due to that anxiety. But my own opinion is, is that you're worrying about the future can serve you and that can help you plan for eventualities. You know, like you can have a space age blanket and candles in the car if you're afraid of getting caught in a snowstorm or something. Worry about the future and that way might help you. There's a certain part where it could be practical and help you make a plan. And there's a certain part of it where you're just making yourself crazy. Yeah. One is just okay. making themselves crazy. So it's like, yeah, some, some aspect of worry about the future is appropriate and how and reason and healthy or but there's a certain point like where for me there was a period with with our older kid like where i would we'd be doing like when he was in maybe the eighth grade and i'm helping him with math you know there's there's a valid concern like i don't know how he's going to get a decent grade this quarter yes we need to work on that but i would extrapolate to what does this mean when he's 30 and how is he how is he going to get get a job in this business or whatever it was and that's where it kind of goes beyond anything sensible and i would shoot out into that deep deep future right like i remember one time after i think you had that same year after you had really gotten upset a number of times about like what his future was going to be in the world yeah. that you Maybe had a little self-awareness about it, and you were like, if he can't do this, how's he going to get along in high school? And if he doesn't do well in high school, how's he going to do in college? And if he doesn't do well in college, then how's he going to get a job? And where's he going to be when he's 30? And then you ended by being like, and he probably won't even know how to find a decent nursing home when he's old. Which was like your way of, you know, being like, okay, I'm I'm getting, I'm spinning out there yeah. into the future. and. Could it be that you err on the opposite side of like not look projecting forward, and that maybe maybe we're bumping up we were bumping up against each other because maybe I was kind of on one extreme, but also that you had troubles looking forward. I don't like what you're suggesting. <laughs> Uh, I think we're... I'm just trying to get conflict in here, because yeah, you, yeah. you, you wanted to have a little conflict. That's it. I'm not, I'm not advocating for that anymore. <laughs> I think it's less that I'm not able to extend into the future, mm-hmm. and more at that time, like, I wasn't that worried about his scholastics, and more... I mean, I think it's... I think the place where I um, was airing is, like, more of a, like, it's all going to work out vibe like he's a good kid and yeah even if he doesn't do well in math it's all gonna it's all gonna come out in the wash and he'll he'll be all right okay well uh that's a big a big matzo ball of a topic that we can uh discuss yeah in a challenging way another time i think there's a lot a lot there but it, it's a whole different world yeah as far as my mood stuff you know, I still think all this is true about like how wild my expectations were, how unfair my expectations were. And, you know, and I was aware enough about it to seek help. Like, I mean, for one, I got therapy. I remember there was a period where, well, this was later on, where you noticed I had an, uh, like a dip where things turned worse. And you kind of almost forced me to exercise. Like, you got me to... Well, we had 
right before that, you know, things had gotten bad again with you. Who knows how many dark periods yeah, in we were at this with point. With you. And, um, and so I can't remember how it happened that you came to try a mood stabilizer of some kind. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a big... And I think you'd tried a number of them before we ever got together. Yeah, in my past I had tried... You know, I can't remember in what order, but I had tried Prozac and Paxil. Paxil, I remember you said. Yeah. And I don't know what um, this one was. I want to say Celexa, but I'm really not sure. No, I don't think it was that. I can't remember which drug it was. And um, and it gave you a real brusqueness that you liked, a little bit of a like almost angry kind of like impatience. That you were like, yeah, this is great. I really like. I'm the asshole I've always yeah. dreamed I could be. But then it also made you, and I think you took it for eight days, and they were like, it takes a while to, you know, sink in. So just just keep going on it. But you got to where like, in a in a way that would maybe was a little fun for you. You kind of didn't care so much about stuff, but you also like didn't care if you continued to go on living. And so that was <laughs> the point. Minor when you problem ex- when you expressed that. That I was like, yeah, let's have you go off that. That's not good. Whether it was near that or a little bit further away when you got dark again and didn't want to try another medication that I brought out this, I pulled out this research on exercising and how it seems to really cheer people up. Yeah, what and pisses remember, me off about it is I think it kind of worked. <laughs> I remember saying to you, like, the the national standard is something like 30 minutes of moderate exercise most or all days of the week. And you were like, well, I can't do that, but I could do 20 minutes of intense exercise twice a week. It's like, really? That's what you got? Or maybe three times a week. That That's it? And you were like, it's going to have to do or whatever. Okay, well, but as long as you do it, let's see how Did goes. I do it? I remember you exercised enough that it was clear to both of us, like, that oh, this actually helped. Yeah, I like was reluctantly like thinking... You're right, it worked. But can we go back to the drug again? Because <laughs> I, I, I was really amazed by that drug, whatever mystery drug that was, because like, I was impatient and I was a little kind of a little mean. I mean, it was more of an asshole. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, it, it did do one thing, which is I wasn't so sensitive to all these things I was sensitive about. So there was a little bit of a, like, I don't care if... Like, it, there was a period where we would even have, like, a slight minor disagreement, and it would mess me up. Like, all day long, I couldn't concentrate at work, I couldn't read, I couldn't write. And here, it was like, I didn't give a shit. Yeah. You know, I could have been an asshole in the morning, and, you know, that was fine. And being free from all that stuff was kind of nice, but it went too, you know, too far, where, you yeah. know, I didn't even care if I survived the night. <laughs> yeah. You know, so that was obviously way out of proportion. But the, it, it did give me a little epiphany that I think helped me even when I came off the drug. Which is like, well, why do I have to worry about the smallest details? So like now, I feel like when we have a, a little bit of a... Like we're a little impatient in the morning. Let's say you're impatient with me a little bit in the what? morning. Yeah, yeah, I think it's happened. No. Well, especially with your previous job, which was very stressful. Yeah. And so you might snap at me. I mean, just like I might snap at you. But it didn't destroy my day. You know, I'd just walk away for a minute. I'd be thinking, rrr, rrr, yeah, <laughs> and that's it. Uh-huh. You know, I it didn't it didn't phase me. But I think I the drug helped me see like, oh, here's another way people can exist. Yeah, and 
So I feel like it carried it. I carried that idea with me without the suicidal tendency. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is maybe a nice learning experience. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was a good one. And I remember I forgot if I yelled or something. I was just mean, but it was the only time in my life where I could be mean and not be reeling afterwards about yeah. like what have I done? Yeah, I whispered in a loud voice to somebody. You know, any little detail is so traumatizing for me normally. Anyway. Yeah. Now i, I got to figure out what that drug was. Yeah. Uh, You're like, i got to take that recreationally. So, so I, mean, I mean, I think, you know, like, to think about, like, how did I pull out of that? I guess I have one other thing to say about that. The drug? Well, the drug or, or your... Um, I just had a little jolt of memory about some conversations we had at that time. Not right around that drug necessarily, but that, but that you had no faith in that I still loved you. While I was taking the drug, or you just nope, say at that point? Nope, emotionally, that that was yeah. part of what made you go low, was that, um, like, if we had that argument in the morning, or mm-hmm. that, um, that we were impatient, it was like you, you didn't have, I think it's called object permanence, you didn't have, you... You didn't say to yourself, well, she's just stressed out about the day ahead. That wasn't about me. You instead took it really personally and carried it on with you through the day. And I think that that's something that's changed for you. Yes. Yeah. And and so I've had that all my life. I mean, I had that I had that with my with my dad, with my I mean, for sure. If if there was conflict, uh, I felt like there was no uh it was over like mm-hmm. i emotionally believed this is never going to be okay again and i had that throughout our relationship in those early years for sure yeah yeah that was a i mean that's a big that's a i think that boils it down pretty effectively of what was causing me to freak out so much is like it it wasn't just we were having a little disagreement it was, this thing is over. Yeah. Like, when you're crabby with me, I don't think, like, well, maybe you'll never love me again. I think, like... Who's just being an asshole today? Who, <laughs> <laughs> that guy is crabby. Yeah, here. keep away from him. What changed things in me? Like, you know, one thing we talked about is that, dr- that drug kind of gave me a window into what an alternate life could look like. Yeah. I for sure therapy helped. The individual counseling I had, especially with the tiger. Yep. From our counseling episode. Yeah. Uh that definitely was big because she 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 was a really good blend of kind of revisiting some childhood things, but also just talking practical things about life in modern times for me and also watching how my body reacted to things. Yeah. And so Covering all those facets helped. Another thing I feel like is you're gonna completely be surprised about this. Okay, I'm, I'm bracing myself. So getting married, having kids. This is this is so weird. I'm almost embarrassed <laughs> to admit it. The, you know, there was that dark period that we discussed. I'm like cross-referencing all our episodes. Yeah. And it's just like shameless. In a way, like I felt like so stuck. In a good way, it felt like we're in this thing. You know, yeah. for one of us to get out, we're going to have to go through a lot of work. 
It's going to be a pain in the tuchus to get out of this thing. Is this thing. one after we were married and had yeah. the kid? Yeah. And, and it turns out, I mean, coming from somebody who never, like, I never thought I wanted to be in a relationship at all. If I was in one, it's nice, like, this level of commitment is pretty comforting. Yeah. Because I feel like, you know, it's okay. Like, if I did something I kind of regret, you're probably not going, like, I say something not so nice. You're probably not going to leave me by the afternoon. So I just, yeah, I just be, I think about how I'm going to be nicer. Or maybe I'll apologize if it was something that merits apology. Yeah. Or if it's just be more generous tomorrow. And so I can like recover from these things, but we've got to kind of got a slow, slower moving boat. And so it, it kind of helped me let go of this freak out. So yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad, like it's a crutch or not, but it actually made the whole relationship brooding stuff way easier. Yeah. It's like I'm stuck. Whew, glad that's <laughs> over. Well, it sounds like it resolved that problem of faith a little bit for you, of having faith that the other person, yeah, that I was still going to be there. And, but I also changed my attitude, which isn't like it's no longer, I need you to think I'm at every moment the love of your life and the most amazing thing that's ever happened to you, da, da, which, da, 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 da. which is kind of what I fantasized about in those early mm. days. And now I'm like, Fuck it. If she thinks I'm decent and I'm fun to hang out with occasionally, that's it. I'm good and that's good enough. Yeah, I don't have I don't think I have that other setting. Yeah, but I I was and that's yeah. part of what I was disappointed in you for early yeah. on was I wanted you to get into that setting. Yeah. And you were so not capable of being in that zone. Yeah. Um with someone as schlimpery as me. You just weren't that type of person to, like, get that dramatic about stuff in that kind of way. And then I just realized, oh, if you can walk away from an evening saying, hey, that was pretty fun with my... With my husband. And I think, yeah, that's pretty good. I can take... I'll take that. Uh So, anyway. But, yeah, I never talked to you. I don't know if I've ever told you that, but... About the the happy stuckness? Yeah, like how it's nice to be stuck. But that actually helped my brand of insecurity well that's, that's nice to hear well, i guess i have one more thing and that is that you know i don't understand everything about attachment but i know that that relationships can heal attachment wounds that yeah things that happen when you were very young that you know accidentally happen from your parents can be healed in future relationships And if you get the right kind of love. And I feel like that our relationship helped heal that. But also your relationship with the little guy, like, rounded out. That it's possible that it kind of rounded things out for you and healed something. You know, it's interesting with, with the little guy, how he... I'm also in a new zone where he, you know, he could tell me he doesn't love me, he hates me. Not that that happens often, but when it does... I'm not, like, worried, like, what does he feel? What is he... There's just... All it is is, like, I'm going to try to do what I think he needs now or what is best for him. So and there's no requirement of him behave like behaving a certain way for me to feel a certain way. Or, I don't know, there's... Him saying that doesn't make you think that he doesn't love you. Yeah, and I don't even think either way. I just think... What I I love him, and I need to be the best person I can be for for him. Yeah. Regard and even if he doesn't appreciate it, that's fine. 
but there, it, it put me in a zone that I've never been in before, and so that you have a connection that you yeah. don't. To say you don't question it makes it sound like you don't think about it, but yeah, that you, yeah, it's there. Yeah, so that that's I mean, and even when I'm you know frustrated and pissed off and exhausted, you know, it's not to say I don't. I mean, I'm still a crappy parent uh, on occasion, but but it's just a it's a different state of existence than any other relationship I had before. I remember reading this book when I was probably a middle schooler, in which two girls have a fight, not a cat fight, just a fight. With and then, pillows. No. And then later, one of the girls gives the narrator some information. And the narrator said, I thought you were mad at me. And she said, I am, but we're still best friends. Nice. And I remember being like, wow, that's... Yeah. How I, do you do that? I don't know about that. Yeah. That's a good way to capture what I did not understand for most of my life. Yeah. Well, shit. Yeah. Does that sound like... Is that a, okay? Is that a rap? No. Is that what they say? <laughs> Why are you asking me what they say? Uh, it's a wrap. Okay. Yeah, and I, I think. Okay, cool. And we made it through. We had a little bit of tension in the middle, but I think we're 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 still we're we're not going to get divorced tonight. For sure, not tonight, because the the lawyers are asleep. Yes. Okay. The judge's office is closed. Okay. No, that's you're stuck. Oh yeah. You're stuck. So maybe we'll go go watch some. Go watch a show of some kind. Really? On the on the television? Yeah. Well, you know, to keep up our marathon of one episode of one show every month. Yeah, that really, we're just... Actually, we're not going that fast. No, we're just flying through some stuff. Okay, well, thanks, honey. Yeah. Love you, babe. Love you. So, new. what do you think? Was it interesting? Hey, also, if, you, if you've heroically made it this far into the episode, uh, maybe you could send me a note. Uh, either tell me uh, what you like or don't like about this series, and also some questions you'd like my wife and I to discuss in future episodes. We might do like a Q&A sort of thing at some point. Okay, so take care. Uh, I'm sorry for all the trouble I've caused so far. Uh. When I woke up Sunday morning and I looked up on the wall, the beetles and the bedbugs were playing a game of ball. The score was seven, nothing. The beetles were ahead. The beetles did so good. <sighs> they knocked me out of bed, singing, Fee, five, silly, I oh. Fee, five, silly, I Fee, five, silly, I Strumming on the old banjo. Strumming on the old banjo.